Well, good morning. It is Saturday morning, and you have tuned into The Driving Show. That's good stuff, man. I'm John Hammer. How you doing? You guys doing all right? Have you, have you had a good week? I got to be honest with you. Uh, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana right now, and it's flipping cold. It is really cold. I'm up here for the PRI show, the Performance Racing Industry Show. And this show, now for many, many years, it was in Indianapolis. And then, I don't know what it was, seven or eight years ago, ten years ago, now I forget what it was, they decided to move it down to Florida, to Orlando. Now, pay attention, it's December, and I'm not going to lie, Orlando in December is a pretty awesome place, <laughs> it really is good. And then everybody got together and said, yeah, but you know what, though, PRI is really about Indianapolis, and it's, that's its home, it's its spiritual home, and blah, 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 blah. So they moved it back to Indy a few years ago, so now we're up here freezing our mucklucks off, and hey, man, I'm not lying, man, they're, they're talking about snow uh, later today, so yeah, go, go figure, you know, but uh, you know, making the most of it. So PRI is actually owned by the same people that put on the SEMA show, so it's the same, you know, same kind of organization. And PRI, as performance racing industry, is specifically for motorsports. So surrounding me here for the last few days, this is the kind of stuff that hardcore racers are going to use. So you're going to see, you know, safety equipment companies. That's huge, right? You know, the helmet guys, the fire suit guys. There are a lot of racers that are there that are walking around looking for sponsorship. That is one of the biggest things that no matter what client I've ever worked for there at PRI, uh, man, we have always gotten hit up for sponsorship over and over and over again. But the simple truth is, it's really cool. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, I'm hoping to weasel in some seat time uh, over at Sarah Fisher's uh, indoor karting place that's in Speedway right across from uh, from the racetrack, kind of kitty corner there. Uh, and it's right around the corner from the Dallara factory where they build Dallara race cars uh, here in the States. So, uh, it's cool. I mean, there's a lot going on. Indianapolis is awesome. The only drawback is that I had to put my winter coat on. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But today on The Driving Show, and I'm glad you've tuned in, we've got uh, we got a lot of cool stuff going on. Obviously, we got to talk about cars. we can talk about motorsports. Um, going to talk about, i uh, got to talk about Dale Jr. Dale Jr., even though he's now retired, he is in the news, and we're going to find out what the latest with him is. Uh, let's see here. We've got... Um, Oh, so are you a hot rod guy? Are you a drag race guy? The NHRA has people in a tiz this week, man. They've got some new rules uh, for uh, for uh, for uh, pro stock, and it has got drag racer folks either loving it or losing their mind. There seems to be no middle ground on this one. So we're going to talk about that coming up later in the motorsports update. Uh, speaking of motorsports, I got to race last weekend. I was at Road Atlanta uh, driving the drivingshow.com spec Miata. It's my own personal race car, and it was our season ender, and I didn't stink up the joint. As a matter of fact, I uh, I won the hard charger award. I got the fastest uh, race lap, and uh, and I moved up eleven spots, finished on the podium. So I got a I got a top three. I got a third place finish on uh, on Sunday's race. It was pretty cool. So I'll tell you all the details on that uh, coming up. Plus, do you own a Toyota? Specifically, a Toyota Tacoma, a Toyota Tundra, or a Toyota Sequoia? 
if you have one of those three vehicles, and there's a very good chance that if you own a truck that you may very well have one of those, they're very popular vehicles, yours might be recalled because the frame underneath your car or, or truck, I guess, could be rotting away. It's to the point now where there is a there was a class action lawsuit and Toyota has admitted this and we're talking about billions of dollars worth of stuff. So anyway, short story is one of my buddies has one of these trucks and Dave's up in Michigan and, and he's going to actually join us on the radio here coming up in a, probably about 10 minutes or so and tell us the story about how he's getting a brand new frame put on his, would you believe, a 12 year old Toyota truck. But they're doing it because it's a safety deal. That's crazy. So anyway, we've got all that and a whole lot more coming up right here on The Driving Show. But it's time now to start start things off with the news. You remember a few weeks ago we were talking about uh, we were talking about BMW had uh, had a, had a program where you could uh, uh, you could uh, uh, essentially lease a number of cars and then Porsche announced their program as well. Volvo and Lincoln are doing programs like this, and in fact, Cadillac and Hyundai and even Volvo's Polestar brand are all looking at doing something similar to this. Essentially, a subscription service for a new car. So you don't actually own a car or lease a particular car. You get a service and then you are able to pick the one that you want for essentially as long as you want. The story is now that this concept is gaining a whole lot of gravity in the industry. People really seem to like it from both an executive standpoint and a consumer standpoint. Now, obviously, cost of this would be you know dependent upon you know how 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 expensive of a car you're looking at and whatnot. But uh, you know. Cadillac, for instance, charges $1,800 a month for their program. The Porsche program that we featured, that's called Porsche Passport, that starts at $2,000 a month. But it includes your insurance. It includes all maintenance. And depending on the program, they allow you to change cars sometimes as much as you know every week. I mean, that's, you know, if you think about it, that's not that crazy of an idea. I mean, obviously, it's not the... It's not the most affordable thing, and it's a little more expensive than buying uh, than buying a car. But you're getting all that stuff involved, uh, included in it. Plus, you wind up being able to being able to switch cars whenever you want. I mean, if you need a an SUV for the weekend to uh, get the family to the you know to soccer practice, go grab one. You know, if you're looking for a sports car for you know for a Friday night for a date night, why the heck not? It's a very interesting idea. Definitely, uh, definitely dig that. Do you warm up your car? Now, there's been talk in a lot of different municipalities that that is illegal. And I know certainly where I live here in in Charlotte, North Carolina, it is illegal to leave your car running to warm it up if you have your keys in it. And that's the key right there is to have the, the keys in it. But if you're using one of those uh, remote starting things on there, you know, it's that that's OK. But this is actually kind of funny. In Kansas City, just the other day, the police actually put out a tweet and it is a pledge before winter arrives. It says, quote, it's from the Lawrence Police Department in Lawrence, Kansas. I pledge not to leave my car running with the keys in the ignition just because I'm afraid of being a little cold for the first three minutes of my drive to work or school or because I'm too lazy to scrape the windows. Realize that breaking this pledge will undoubtedly result in my car being stolen by some jack wagon who will trade it for a fentanyl lollipop. 
And it's got a little place you sign it and your Twitter handle on there. And you can, they've got a point there. Uh, a lot of cars are stolen because people leave them running with the keys in it. Um, I know I've got a remote start on my Jeep and it's, it's the best thing ever. I mean, I use it all the time, even when it's, when it's cold or when it's hot out, right? To turn the air conditioner on. Either way, uh, it's a pretty cool little setup. But yes, if you don't have that system, the old-fashioned way of leaving your keys in the car while it's running, not so much a good idea. One of the car clubs I belong to is going on a Christmas light cruise next week. Have you ever done something like that? There's a particular town in uh, in the Charlotte metropolitan area where I live, and and there's uh, they're known for their Christmas lights. I mean, they really go ab- above and beyond. I mean, they, they make you know Clark Griswold look like a you know child's play. So there's a guy in Hilton Head though who has taken that to his car side. Brandon Wooden is a 23-year-old uh, year old who started off by adding one strip of lights to the top of his car years ago that was running off of a cigarette lighter. These days, he's got this ridiculous setup that basically covers his entire car in a mesh-covered Christmas light decorations. And he says just for fun of it, he just drives around for a couple of hours every night just to make people happy because it's the holidays, because he can't. Oh, and he says his two-year-old son, Ian, absolutely loves it, thinks it's the coolest thing ever. So there you go, something to think about for the uh, for the holiday season on your car. All right, guys, time for us to take a quick break, but we were talking about that whole Toyota deal with the frames rusting out on the pickup trucks. One of my friends is actually having that done to his truck. He's literally getting a brand new frame put underneath his Toyota pickup truck. His name is Dave, and Dave's going to talk with us next when we come on back, right? Stay right where you are. This is The Driving Show, and I'm John Hammer. Welcome back to The Driving Show. I'm John Hammer, and uh, actually in Indianapolis, Indiana, on the road again this weekend at the Performance Racing Industry Show here in uh, in Indy, hoping I can weasel in a, a dinner off of somebody's somebody else's tab over at St. Elmo's. <laughs> Because it's really good, and it's also well above my per diem, so uh, make the most of it when you can. Uh, Coming up a little bit, motorsports update. We're going to talk about uh, NHRA's latest changes to what they've got going on over there. It's got a lot of people uh, freaking out. But Toyota, Toyota is recalling certain trucks because the frames are rotting out underneath the cars or the, the trucks. Is it happening to yours? Maybe. It's actually happened to my buddy Dave over in Michigan. The other day I saw he posted a photo on his Facebook page. I read it. It really caught my interest. I mean, he's a really nice guy who just happens to have a, apparently now a dangerous truck. <laughs> and other than the frame mess, Dave, how's life been treating you? You doing all right? Decent. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, we're doing pretty well. Sounds like you are too. It's all pretty good. It's, uh, it's pretty good. My kid doesn't hate me and my wife hasn't left me. I'm calling that a win. <laughs> Sounds like a proper country music song. <laughs> Doesn't it for real? So when I saw your post, I was like, oh, man, we, we've got to get you on the radio and talk about this. Because I remember hearing something about this story from years ago. And I and I did the, the dig, and I just called it up here on, uh, on the computer in front of me. There's an automotive news article about what you've got going on from a year ago, from November of 2016, about Toyota having to replace frames on Toyota Tacoma, Tundra pickups, and Sequoia SUVs. And at the time, they said uh, the cost on this could reach $3.4 billion because of a a class action lawsuit because the the frames were rusting. And so you post it that you're getting this done on your truck. I'm like, holy cow, we got to hear more about it. Well, it's it's true. Um, I'm learning, as you are, why it's being done. And uh, 
as you may have read, apparently a frame supplier to Toyota didn't follow procedures. Um, you got to believe it's something to do with coatings or treatment or something like that. And sure enough, uh, X years later, 12 years later in my case, yeah. uh, we've actually got perforation. Now, how do they judge how much perforation? I mean, I've, I've driven rusty cars. I'm from Michigan. But yeah. th- there's got to be a point where they say, okay, this is, this is actually a, a safety issue. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. The point is 10 millimeters. Uh, my service advisor literally came out uh, after my inspection and said, you've got a 10 millimeter hole, and that fits our criteria for failure, uh, needing replacement. So that's what we're doing. And I'm going, oh. So I said, okay, I'd kind of like to see the holes. He said, okay, we'll pull it back in and put it up on the hoist again. And I've been under my truck a lot because, you know, I've done a lot of mods under there and wiring in the trailer lights and the airbags for towing and all that stuff. So I've kind of kept an eye on it. In fact, I tried to stabilize it a couple of years ago because I could see certain parts were beginning to rust. You know where the metal is, is kind of sandwiched as a double or triple layer mm-hmm. at the edge? You can see it kind of expand when the rust uh, grows into it. Yeah. So I'm trying to stabilize that and so on, uh, clearly unsuccessfully. But um, he brought me out, and, and he wasn't real sure where it is. He's the advisor. They don't know what to tell yeah, right. you know. Sure, yeah, yeah. But uh, he's still poking around. He said, yep, there's, there's a little hole. And sure enough, I look up to uh, the piece uh, where I posted the picture that was actually a, a jagged line through a point in the frame where it bends up to go over the front suspension. Yeah. And uh, I'm seeing a little daylight through there, so uh, that wasn't right. That's really wild. Now, again, you and I know each other because we were, you know, we were car guy buddies together in a car club many, many years ago. And so when I saw this on yours, I thought, well, look, number one, I know you, and I know you take care of your cars. And so this must be a legit issue because somebody who's not going to take care of their cars the way you would must be in a real pickle because their cars must be in much worse shape than I'm sure the yours is in. It, it's quite likely, John, because my X-Runner, even though it's 12 years old, it's only got 47,000 oh, miles on it. Oh, goodness sakes. It's still brand uh, new. That right thing now. sits in my garage until I need to do truck things, you yeah, know? Sure. Uh, yeah. Like you, I've got other vehicles. Uh, or those people that kind of try to get a vehicle uh, fine-tuned for each job, if it's mm-hmm. off-roading or sports carring or tracking, whatever. And this is my cool truck for doing truck things, so uh, it doesn't get a lot of miles on it. And, yeah, even with the miles I've put on it, which have been occasional in the winter, it's not what you call babied. But, yeah, after uh, this period of time, um, it's, it's clearly got issues. So they've got to replace the frame on your Toyota Tacoma. And again, you pointed out you've got the X-Runner, which was kind of like the cool the cool hot rod version of it. Body kit on it. It had cool wheels yeah, on it. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool truck. It's, it's pretty yeah. rare in that they only built 3,500 of them over the entire, I think it was a three-year model run. Yeah. Uh, 05, 06, and 07. I'm not sure on that, and I should know. But, yeah, it's got the access cab. Uh, the best thing for me, it's got a six-speed manual in the yeah, thing. Yeah, right on. And how many cool pickups do you see with manuals anymore? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you and I actually have got a, a tie on this, and you don't even know this. The color of your truck, it's called Speedway Blue. Yep. That is the exact same color that my race car is painted. Not a Toyota. Oh, cool. <laughs> but it's the same color, yeah, same color. 
Well, that's, that's good for, for a couple of seconds on your lap, isn't it, John? Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> if nothing else, when I, when I, when I mess the thing up and, and, you know, touch another car, it's easy touch-up paint from the, uh, from, from the corner store. Right, right. I mean, it's just like, you know, every sticker you put on is good for a couple of horsepower. Well, in that case, I should be winning races, man. <laughs> <laughs> so how long is it going to take me to fix this thing? They're estimating two months, and a lot of that is just waiting for what they call the kit to come in. They will get a frame uh, that comes in with leaf springs, I'm told, oh. with the brake lines attached, which is a good thing. Yeah. And then they will pull off the bed, and then they will lift the cab off of the frame after, of course, suspension components are disconnected. And uh, I've talked to uh, my friend Kenneth Lewis, who uh, used to work for Victory Toyota. He's a very knowledgeable guy. He's the one that kind of pointed out to me. He said, Dave, you got an X-Runner that is in that age mm -hmm. that was subject to the recalls. And he kind of said, you got to keep an eye on this. And a couple of years ago, I actually brought it into the dealership when he worked there at his recommendation. And he checked it over a couple of years ago, and he said, "You're you're doing fine so far." Yeah. He said, "Yeah, you take care of it, like you said, and it's it's holding up pretty well. You've got you don't have perforation." Well, years later now, yeah. um, we do. But uh, he kind of told me about that procedure, and it's got to be pretty fierce. That's well, pretty wild, that's for sure. The idea here is that, and, and if you're listening to this and you're like, "Hey, man, I've got a Toyota pickup truck," it's uh, it, it and it includes let's see, a 2005 through 10. Uh, Tacoma pickups, 07 through 08 Tundras, and 05 through 08 Sequoias. Uh, if you uh, and uh, and vehicles, says vehicles are covered up to 12 years from the day of sale. So you are right. You you snuck right in on this. And uh, and if you're listening to the show and you've got a Toyota truck in, in that range and you've got some corrosion on your frame, you may be entitled to a whole frame, a whole new. The joke is you're getting a frame off restoration, right? Well, it would seem like that. He did warn me that the customer has to pay for wear items. He said, yeah, your shocks may be old, and, and they may not come off after 12 years without destroying the shocks, the end links, uh, struts, whatever. He says, you're going to be responsible for that stuff. But the, the interesting thing is, you know, us car guys, once you kind of get uh, – uh, a truck opened up like that, you're thinking, oh, gee, my synchro in fifth gear is a little crunchy. Can you, uh, <laughs> you right. know, when the trans is sitting right there and, and you know, after towing, I probably toasted the clutch. He says, yeah, yeah. He says, we can we can work with you. He says, it's, it's trivial to get at these things because there's a point in the changeover where the, um, the, the rolling chassis is sitting there. And, yeah, he says, a couple of bolts, you can pull the trans off. He says, yeah, if you need a rebuild, that's the yeah, time to do it. Absolutely. Time for an upgrade. So that's, uh, you know, we're going to go there uh, as best we can. That, that's pretty awesome. Well, I, 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 it's an interesting story, and apparently, you know, they, they according to this story here that I found from Automotive News, about a million and a half vehicles are subject to this, uh, this class action uh, recall and, and getting brand new frames put under up to 12-year-old vehicles. Dave, I'm sorry it happened to you, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad it happened to you. I think it's a great opportunity for you to make your, your truck even better than it was. 
Yeah, yeah, and they're they're giving me a loaner uh, for the uh, entire duration. It's it's a, a big old Sequoia, and oh. no, it doesn't have a manual. I mean, a forerunner. Yeah, but uh, uh, I'll I'll muddle through. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's great. Well, it's nice to hear they're taking care of you. I mean, it's a, it's a big cost on their part, but uh, it's nice to see them doing the right thing. You you don't hear a lot of those stories these days from manufacturers. Everything's always about well, how bad they true. are. Well, it's true, and it's too bad that Toyota is kind of getting the bad rap for this because it doesn't sound like it's actually their fault except in the sense of choosing the frame supplier, but uh, it is great to hear they're, they're making good on it. Well, uh, Dave, thanks for sharing the story, man. This is really, this is, this is really fun. Uh, say, uh, say hi to the missus for me, and, uh, and boy, well, anybody she else. She does the same to you, so we're even. Well, listen, man, have a great holiday season. Merry Christmas to you, and, uh, and, and uh, we, should, we should catch up more often. Excellent, John. You too. Thank you. You bet. Take care, Dave. I'll see you later. Yep. All right, bye. bye. All right, we're up against a hard break. We've got to take a quick uh, commercial detour here. But when we come on back, we're going to talk about uh, the uh, motorsports update. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch took a victory last weekend. What? NASCAR's over. Yep, he was running his late model. Let's talk about that coming up next here on The Driving Show. I'm John Hammer. Stay right where you are. Welcome back to The Driving Show. John Hammer from Indianapolis with you today. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right down the road from from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. If you get a chance, and I'm not going to have a chance to while, while I'm in town this week, but if you ever get a chance to go to Indianapolis, make sure you go to the museum at the Speedway. It is absolutely fantastic. Now, could the place use a coat of paint? Yes, it could. But what's inside of there is absolutely fantastic. I do, I do dig, uh, you, know, you know, being here in town, and that's one of my favorite places to go. So I always recommend it to, uh, to you, even though I can't make it this time. It's all good. Uh, it is time now for our driving show motorsports update. And now for your listening pleasure. <laughs> And Dale Jr., who has officially retired after the last race in Miami, he still has won NASCAR's Most Popular Driver Award for the 15th year in a row. Wow, how about that? Junior says, I know our fans take a ton of pride in voting for it. They take a ton of pride in us winning it. It's a victory for the whole fan base, something we're very proud of and always have been. I think the real question remains, though, is that, now that he's gone, who who is going to be the most popular driver in NASCAR after this? In the National Hot Rod Association, this is a big deal. Just the other day, they have made the decision in pro stock to allow... Well, here's the, here's the, 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 the actual statement from NHRA. It says, in a history-making decision made at the request of the teams, and I think that's an interesting point right there, at the request of the teams, NHRA will allow pro-stock racers to run any currently approved engine combination in any currently approved body, regardless of the manufacturer, during the 2018 NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series season. Now, let's cut to the chase. What this means is that you can run a Chevrolet car with a Dodge engine in it. Now, why in the world would they allow that? Why, as it says here, in a history-making decision made at the request of the teams, what teams were requesting that? The rumor mill says that it's Toyota. That Toyota's coming, and that Toyota wants to have, but they don't have an engine. So that Toyota would have to use, whether it's, you know, one of the Dodge Hemis or, you know, one of the Chevrolet engines, that's to be seen still. 
but very, very interesting. They are allowing that to happen. So now you'll be able to cross-pollinate any kind of engine inside of any kind of car in NHRA Pro Stock. So just because it says Chevrolet on the nose does not mean that there's actually a Chevrolet under the hood of that one. Kyle Busch has rallied. He came from a late race rally to actually win the Snowball Derby. Now, the Snowball Derby held last weekend down in Florida. This is one of, it's just one of the most prestigious super late model races in the country. But here's the funny thing is, he had a terrible qualifying session and was not real happy about it before the race. It's what it is. Uh, just couldn't, couldn't quite get it. They needed to come in to come in. Thanks to the Pensacola State Journal for the soundbite. I know it's not the best audio quality. There's a lot of background going on in there. But, uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting. Good good stuff for him. It's funny, you know, no matter what he gets into, the, the dude runs. He, he runs hard. He really does. And finally, last weekend after the show, I got a chance to go to Road Atlanta and race my own race car. Our season ended. Now, I race with NASA, the National Auto Sport Association. Uh, but Sunday's race is what we call Santa's Toy Run. And for the last 10 years, we have been bringing toys to that race. And that's our entry fee to the race. We bring a toy for a kid and it goes to charity, right? How cool is that? So we get to race, kids get presents, and everybody is happy. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool deal. Because there's no prizes up for grabs on this one, we decided to start based on age. I am 48 years old, so I'm gridded 14th out of 18 guys in my class. Anyhow, short story is I had a great start, had some great opportunities, had some help with some bump drafting from cars in another class even, and I wound up finishing third. I finished on the podium on my way to winning the hard charger award for picking up the most spots during the race, and I set the fastest lap of the race, which was also my personal best ever around Road Atlanta. So held on to uh, held on to that, did pretty well, was pretty happy with that, and the drivingshow.com spec Miata was awesome. It was really good fun. Yeah. All right, time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, it is our driving show song of the week, and it has actually something to do with the racing I did from this past weekend. I'll tell you all about it. It all makes sense. We'll do that next right here on The Driving Show. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to The Driving Show. It's John Hammer, and it's time for our driving show's song of the week. In the last segment, I mentioned that I was racing this past weekend, and we had our our, our, uh, end-of-the-season banquet on Saturday night at Road Atlanta with the National Auto Sport Association in the Southeast region. And some karaoke happened. And and as karaoke happens, even with racers, it's awful. And I don't want to play the video or play the audio for you because it's terrible. But let's just say that some Marvin Gaye might have happened. And so that inspired me to bring this on as our driving show song of the week. Why not? You know the words. You got to sing along to it. It's good stuff. We're all 
Driving Show Song of the Week because it was a karaoke song that we did last weekend at Road Atlanta. It is what it is, right? All right, you guys, time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk about Tom Hanks and how to store your classic car. 
We're going to get to that. That's coming up next here on The Driving Show. Don't go anywhere. My name is John Hammer, and we will be right back. Saturday morning from Indianapolis, Indiana, in the heart of the performance racing industry show. That's where I am this weekend. I'm John Hammer. This is The Driving Show. Thanks for being with us tonight. I really always appreciate you having uh, having us on. If you're in the car out running some errands here on a Saturday morning, maybe you're heading to a car show yourself. Well, depending on what side of the country you live in, I'll tell you right now, if there's anything going on in Indianapolis car show-wise this morning, <laughs> it's going to be cold, man. That's for sure. No matter where you are, there's that big cold front that's coming in, and and uh, yeah, we are uh, we're definitely chilly here in Indy. But uh, it's you know it's it's all good, making the most of it. So you know we we talk about there's you know a, a great camaraderie in the automotive enthusiast world. Whether you're into you know European cars, Japanese cars, muscle cars, sports cars, it doesn't matter, right? We've all got our we find our niche. Well, Tom Hanks, the actor Tom Hanks. Turns out, I mean, he's a he's a big gearhead. He's got a, a lot of cars. He's quite a quite a collector in, in his own right. And would you believe he actually was given he was actually given a, a car by one of his fans? Mm, no kidding. So this lady, she actually gave him a Fiat 126P, which was actually built in. Poland where she lives so somehow he winds up in Poland I'm not exactly sure if he went there specifically to get the car or or what but so this this woman and her family I, I guess they restored the car and they presented it to him and while the audio is not all that fantastic this is the moment that uh, that, that Tom got to pick up his new old Fiat 126p It's actually pretty cool what they don't, you obviously you can't hear or hear on the radio through the audio. They actually gave him these little white driving gloves. The car is white. It's a little tiny little, little itty bitty little Fiat. And yeah, they give him these little white driving gloves. So he's in a, in a dark gray suit with a, with a tie and he's got these silly little driving gloves on. And, but it was, it was cool. Lots of, lots of media came out for that one. It's, uh, it's kind of witty. Uh, birthday time here in December. If you are celebrating this week, you celebrated with, uh, let's see, former uh, racer J.D. McDuffie. Uh, who else here? Oh, Kevin Harvick. Uh, Kevin Harvick's birthday and Ryan Newman's birthday yesterday. Tommy Dreesey today. Uh, let's see here. Who's next week? Anybody? Tony Yuri Sr. on the 11th. Uh, and uh, oh, and Formula One world champion and Indy 500 guy Emerson Fittipaldi celebrating on Tuesday the 12th. So uh, happy birthday there for for uh, you folks, all of you. If you're celebrating a birthday, you're celebrating those birthdays with uh, some interesting folks. And it is that time of year to put your car away for the winter i know after i raced last weekend i had to get my race car cleaned up and get it in the garage because it's going to freeze and i only keep water in the radiator i don't use antifreeze in the race car so you don't want it to freeze and break the block obviously that'd be bad right so our friends over at Haggerty insurance have come up with a list of uh, of how to winterize your car and it's good good stuff to go through you can find this stuff on haggerty.com but this is before storage. First and foremost, select a dry, dark location for storage, uh, preferably with limited access so nobody can get in. Concrete flooring is uh, real good. You don't want a dirt floor if you can avoid it. 
if you do have to store on dirt floor, put a, a plastic sheet underneath the car. It'll try to keep the keep the, the, the moisture out of there, right? Make sure you get the car washed up before you do it. Uh, fill up the fuel tank. That's always a good thing. And add fuel stabilizer. Whatever your favorite brand of fuel stabilizer is, definitely, yes, get some for sure. Um, you know, they talk about changing the oil in the filter right before putting it away. I've heard some folks argue you do that, and then then you change the oil and filter again in the springtime. I'm going to be perfectly blunt. I've never done that. Um, I've always uh, I've always put the clean oil in, and then just you know, once you get the thing up to temperature, any of the water burns off anywhere. Um, add air to the tires. Yes, I've heard that, but at the same time, I've got some friends of mine who also say that you know you don't go too high, right? I mean, put an extra five or six or seven pounds in, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to put seventy pounds of air in it. Okay, that's that's not necessary. Baking soda, those refrigerator packages of the baking soda where the little thing comes off on the front, absolutely a good idea. Put it in the interior, put it in the trunk. Um, yes, you can put plastic bags over the air cleaners, the air you know, inlet, the exhaust pipes. Anytime I do anything like that, I also always make a note of it and I stick it to the dashboard. So it's right there in front of me. So I know that I will never, I will never run the car uh, with that stuff in place because that could be a real mess, right? Uh, close up the windows. Definitely store with your windows closed. Don't do it with it open. Uh, if you've got a car cover, car covers are good for sure. Batteries. Uh, I keep a battery conditioner on all of my vehicles, whether it's my race car, my motorcycle. Uh, I've got, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've got a Porsche in the garage. You know, if it sits for you know more than a few days, um, all those things get a conditioner sitting on there. Once you, if you don't do that, if you if you're not going to do that, when the springtime comes, charge for you know low amperage. 10, 12, 15 hours, long time. Give it a full day if you can, uh, and then let that battery get charged up, uh, and then uh, and then you're good to go. Oh, and for the love of all that is good in automotive, <laughs> do please do not, when you fire the thing up for the first time, just start going, vroom, 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 vroom. Uh, it is so bad, so, so bad for the car uh, if you're going to do that. Um, what else? Was there something? I want to say there was something else that I wanted to... They want to talk about, oh, and I don't know about you, but when I store my car, I do occasionally start it up. I, I really do. Uh, I mean, I've got a big enough garage. I can, you know, I can open up the windows and open up the garage door and get enough ventilation in there that I can let it run so it doesn't wind up in the house. Uh, but if you can do that, I mean, I do that every three weeks or so just to let it fire up and get it up to, uh, up to temperature. And that's the thing. That's the key. Get it up to temperature. Don't just run it a little bit. So anyhow, that's the story. If you can do that, you're in really good shape. All right. Okay, hey, uh, thanks for being here on the show. We got we got to get out of here, guys. We're right up against the the clock. It's top of the hour already here. Um, thank you for being here. If you would like to check in with us in between shows, and I highly recommend that you do, follow us at thedrivingshow.com and also on Instagram at thedrivingshow. Hashtag thedrivingshow all over the place. Got it? Simple stuff. You're always welcome to reach out if you'd like to know more about racing. We were talking a fair amount about you know, racing the driving shows Spec Miata uh, earlier. You know, I ran it last week and we were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, and I, I made the offer if you'd like to know more about that, if you would ever thought about getting into amateur racing, reach out to me, john at thedrivingshow.com. I mean, it's it's really that simple. You're welcome to send me a note and, uh, and and you know ask me questions about it. I don't mind that at all. So that's the story here, you guys. I got to get on out of here myself. We are going to be back here next week. We've got more great stuff in the world of motorsports, the world of driving, the world of cars. That's what we talk about here every single week on The Driving Show. My name is John Hammer. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.